Hey, um, I'm glad you're here today. You might be here thinking, man, what is with, what's with the table? And we want you to know we're in a series called, we're in a series called The Table. And here's what we believe. We believe this, that after the resurrection, that Jesus turned the cross into a table. After the resurrection, we believe that Jesus turned the cross into the table. We believe that there was a God who sent his only son, Jesus, down to earth. He died on the cross for our sins on a cross. It was a, 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 um, a sacrifice that he made. The cross was made of wood. It was blood stained. And Jesus took that wood and he took that wood and he made it into a, into a, into a table because he didn't need it no more. He used it for, for, his, his, for his crucifixion. He was taken off that cross. He was put inside of a tomb. There we barred that tomb for three days and then he walked out of that tomb and there was no need, there's no need for the cross ever, ever, ever again. And so we believe that cross Jesus took and he turned it into a table. And we believe this, that table is called the church. We believe that table is called the church. And so we learned last week that there's, there's, four, there's four seats at the table. I'm gonna save this seat for last. I mentioned to you last week, but this seat, this is for God. This, this is the head of the table. His name is Jesus, okay? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the cornerstone. By the way, I'm so thankful that we have a cornerstone. I'm so thankful that I don't have to be strong all the time. I meet so many people on the regular every single week. There's, oh, I'm, I'm so strong, I'm so strong. I'm like, you don't have to be so strong. You don't have to be Mr. Macho. Jesus, Jesus is the strongest guy ever to live. We don't have to place our hope and all. We don't have to place our, we just finished election, election day. We don't have to place our, we don't have to place our faith in an, an election or in a, in a man. There, there's a man named Jesus that we can place all of our faith in. He, and he is our cornerstone. I'm so, so, so thankful for that. So he sits at this table, at this seat. I shouldn't have put his feet on his seat, but I, this is where he sits at. There's a third of the church. So there's a group of people in our church. They're, they're seeking they're searching. They're, they're not quite sure that Jesus is the, is the risen Savior. They're not sure that he is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. They're not sure that. They're kind of seeking. No relationship with Jesus Christ. They're kind of just seeking. Uh, we, uh, Derek and Giselle lead Financial Peace uh, right back here. And a friend of mine said this week that she's been new to our church. And she goes, I'm not in any of those seats. <laughs> I said, well, come this week. I'll make sure I address you. No, I'm just kidding. She goes, I'm kind of just walking around the table just trying to figure out where, where things are at. And that's okay. Which indirectly puts you in. It's in this chair. You're in chair one. You're kind of seeking. You're trying to figure out what all this, what all this means. And then there's chair two. It's chair one. This is chair two. Chair two are for people, they've placed their faith in Jesus Christ. When I get up here every single week and I talk about salvation and talk about Jesus saved people and he died on the cross for your sins, they get that. These guys, they've accepted Christ as their Savior. They've asked Jesus to be their Lord of Lords. They've asked that. They, they, they know that they're saved. And that puts you in this category. It really puts you in, a, in the beginning stages of your faith. Because there's another table, there's another chair we'll talk about in just a moment. This, this chair here, these guys, they, they've accepted that Savior. They accept Jesus as their Savior. And they're kind of, they want to grow. They don't, they're not exactly quite sure. They're not exactly quite sure how to grow. I walked into the gym this week and a friend of mine goes, hey man, I'm in chair too. I'm going to shoot you straight. I said, that's awesome. At least you know where chair you're at. Because here's what I believe. Stepped on some toes last week. I believe there are a lot of people who think that they're in chair three, but they're really, they're really in chair two. So to be able to wake up and say, I know that Jesus is the risen Lord. He's a Savior. He's the King of kings, Lord of lords. And this is, I've given my life to him. I'm trusting him for every day and I'm trusting him for eternity. That's, that's this person. It's, it, it takes courage to be able to admit where you're at. This is chair two. This is where a lot of people, this is maybe another third of our church are, are, in, are in chair two. And then here's, here's chair three. Now these people here, these, these people, they've been saved for a long time. They, they, they're, they're not searching. They, they figured out. How, how to have Christ as their savior. They're not, they're not new in their faith. They've, they've been a Christian for a long time. They've, they received the free gift of salvation and they've had that for a while and they've had time to, to grow in their faith. 
this person right here, this person, this, this, this is a giver. This guy knows that he's supposed to give his time, his talent, his treasure. He, he knows that. He or she knows that. And here's the kicker. He knows he's supposed to do that, and he does it with the right heart. Because a lot of people in chair too, they know what they're supposed to do, but it's kind of like, ah, I don't know if I really want to do that. They know the things. They're just not really, they're not really fully committed to all the things that it takes to be, a, to be a chair three person. This person right here, they know they're supposed to give their time, their talent, their treasure, and they do it with the right heart. We also notified this last week. The person right here in chair three, they know it's their job to bring more chair one people to the house, to the table. They know they're supposed to bring, they, they know they're supposed to bring people to, to, the, to, the, to, to, table, to, to the table, chair one. Not only do they know that, they know they're supposed to come back here and they're supposed to help people who are in chair two get to chair three. When my friend said this week, I'm in chair two, I realized this week I called, I told her, I said, hey, we, gotta, we have a lot of work to do. And she says, you, you tell me that every week. It is our job to go make sure chair two people get to chair three. You do not end up at chair three by accident. <laughs> this is an intentional kind of life. This is an intentional kind of living. This is, this is one of the big things about chair three people. Chair three people, ch- chair two people, they don't, really know, they don't really know how to feed themselves. They don't really know how to grow in their faith. They're coming every single week to church and they're hearing a sermon by me or they're going to a Bible study and they're hanging on to every single word because they don't really know how to feed themselves. In chair three, these people, they know how to feed themselves. They know how to open up God's word and they know how to walk through it. The word that Josh used it this week and it's, this is a Bible college word. They know how to exegete the scriptures and they just know how to walk through it. Exegete's church word for just a college word, seminary degree for just, I know how to walk through the Bible. I, I know how to just walk through it and say, God, who, who's speaking here? This how, and this is how you want, this is how you exegete. And if you don't want to exegete, you can go to next steps, next steps week two. It happens right after second service. Go get brunch and then come back. I may or may not be jealous of you guys that do that, but it's okay. You can come back. <laughs> Last week, Freddie walked out smiling. I said, why are you so happy? I said, usually you're like, you shut this place down. He's like, yeah, I'm going to brunch. <laughs> He's like, you loser. You got to stay here. And then it got worse. He's like, Debbie and Randy, I'll see you guys there. I'm like, dang it. I hate you guys. So I signed up for this, or I was called to it, one of the two. <clears throat> Chair three people, they know. They know how to walk through the scriptures. These guys, they're giving, they're serving, they're, they're doing all, and they do all for the right reason. And here's the most important thing that we need to know about chair three people. Chair three people know this. They know that the only way they got here was by the grace of God. It wasn't them. It wasn't, Bible says Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So how do you get from chair one to chair two? By God's grace. By God's grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should both. How do you get from chair two to chair three? For by grace you're saved through, it's the grace of God that gets you to chair three. Some time, some maturing. For me, I got to chair three because Craig Kilnan left chair three and he came and got me, held my hand, and he got me to chair three. That's how I got here. And then Ed Trinkle came along and he helped get me to, to chair three. And, and Dan Green helped me get to chair three. Those are all the pastors that I've been underneath my, my whole life. I've only been our four pastors, Ed Trinkle. Uh, and, then, and then Diana's dad, I was underneath his leadership for eight years. All those guys helped me get to chair three. That's how I got here. People from chair three know they're supposed to help people from chair two get to chair three. We're praying for this next year, we're praying for 40 people to be in chair three. We don't have 40 people in chair three. And that doesn't make us mad. That makes us a three-year-old church. I know some churches have been around for forever. They don't even have 40 people at all in their church. Did you know this? The average size church in America is 50 people. So here's what we know. We need, we need a third of our church. We need a third of you guys to be in this seat. We got about 25, we got about 25 people that are, that are in chair three. We got a few people who think they're in chair three, but they're really in chair two. It's, it's in every church. <laughs> like, hey, bro, you're, you're really in chair two. <laughs> um, 
But we know that we, you're gonna get, if you're going to get here, it's going to be because of the grace of God. Some time and some people saying, hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help walk you through. I'm going to help walk you through your faith. And so um, we learned a couple of things last week, I think, that are, that are important that you and I know that you need to know about the table. And, and there this, there's more room at the table. There's more room at the table. More people can come to this table. This table is not full. The, the Jesus said in, in the Bible in, um, in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come to the table so that the house will be full. I want the whole table, the whole table needs to be full. We need to, we need to add a leaf. And this year we believe that God's called us to add a leaf to the table. We need more people at the table because we need more people to give their life to Christ. We don't want to populate hell. We want to depopulate hell. We want to stand at the gates of hell and say, hey, you're not going here, not on our watch. You're going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we believe Hope Church was put here to make sure the whole entire city was saved. We're not just, Diane and I are just pastoring and Josh and Joel, we're not just pastoring Hope Church. We're pastoring a city. We're pastoring a city. So we believe this, that we're, there's more room at the table and it's our job to get everyone to the table. Here's what I love about, here's, and here's what I love about getting people to the table. It doesn't matter what chair you're in, everyone can bring someone to the table. That's what I like about that. Like chair, if you're in chair one, you're like, I don't even know if I believe in all this stuff. I was at lunch with the guy this week. He's like, I still don't believe all this stuff. He's like, how do I know that what you're saying isn't just, isn't some, just some, some crazy dream or some, some outlandish thing that you're doing? I said, just come, come to the table. Come hang out at the table and come hang out at the table and find out. Come hang out at the table and find out and see what, see what God can do. There's more room at the table and we've got to get everyone to the table. And here's the only way we're going to get more people to the table is if you say to yourself, I have to get more people to the table. It can't just be me. It can't just be you. Without me, it can't just be you, not the person next to you. We've all got to say, I've got to get more people to the table. I'm going to get more people to the table. I'm going to help more people experience salvation because we found out last week there's salvation at the table this is where people meet Jesus they meet Jesus meet people at the table at the table and that's imperative that we make sure we get more people we get more people to the to the table so if you have a bible look flip over to Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10 I want to read a passage of scripture today that I think is going to help someone it's going to help set you free a little bit. It's going to make things, it's going to make, things uh, make a little bit more sense. Now, we have a lot to cover over the next three or four weeks. I hope you come every single week. If you missed last week, I, I want to encourage you to go online, and, and you can watch it on Facebook, or you can go on to our, you can download our podcast app, and I see Brittany and Dukes in the back. I was telling Brittany and Dukes uh, a, few, a few months ago, I did their um, pre-marriage coaching, and I was telling them that, man, if you're a leader in here today, you've got to listen to podcasts. You gotta listen to some sort of podcast. So even if you don't listen to mine, you gotta listen to, you gotta listen to a podcast or to the Hope Church. You gotta, you gotta get as much as you can going inside of you. You gotta get as much as God's word. You need to be full of the scriptures. The more, more good you put in you, the more good's gonna come out of you. The more of God's word that you soak in and that you receive and that you pour into your life, you, you, can, you, you have some things to say. I, I love the words of the, these songs that we sing. They come from scripture. I love that God's the chief cornerstone. I'm so thankful that we have a chief cornerstone. And that I don't, have to be, I don't have to be strong all by myself. And so in Luke chapter 19, there's some scripture here that I think is going to be applicable to you and I today about the table. Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 1 through 10. I preached this yesterday, by the way, to my house, to my three kids. I'm like, y'all want to hear a word? And I just, I just lit them up. They were shouting me down. That's good. I like that, Dad. I like that. There were la- a lot of laughing, a lot of laughing, a lot of laughing, a lot of laughter, and a lot of laughing. But I was preaching it. And so... Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 1. We're at the table today, and, and Jesus said, I want to give you a word today. This is where you get, this, you get a word at the table. 
get salvation at the table, you get God's word at the table. And Luke chapter 19, a very, very, a very, very familiar story. You know the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And you've heard this, you've heard this song before. And if you haven't sang this song before, you didn't grow up in church. And we're not judging you for that. There's a lot of songs that I try to forget about going in church, but there are a lot of songs you ought to, you ought to know. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of Zacchaeuses in this room. There's a lot of Zacchaeuses at the table. But I'm so thankful that we come to the table, we don't have to stay a, we don't have to stay a Zacchaeus. I was a Zacchaeus once. You were a Zacchaeus once. If you ever listen to you, we were all Zacchaeuses. We were all Zacchaeuses once. And so as I exegete the scripture, or I explain this passage of scripture to myself, I'd like to explain to you, to the table today. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, Jesus entered into Jericho, and he made his way through the town. This is not hard. Check this. The reason why he went to where he was going was because he was getting more people to come to the table. Jesus is the table. Jesus made a way for the table, and Jesus wants more people to come to the table. And if there was no Jesus, there would be no table. And here he is. I'm going to go find more people and bring them to the table. So if Jesus was bringing people to the table, doesn't it make sense that you and I are bringing more people to the table? Just nod your head. Whether you agree with me or not, just always nod your head to a pastor. It just sounds good. It makes it go faster, by the way, too. Just nod your head. Yeah. <clears throat> he was looking for more people to bring to the table. Verse 2, there was a man there named Zacchaeus. You and I today. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he, may be, and he, and he had become very rich. No one likes Zacchaeus. He was the guy that collected all the money. And if you know anything about the scriptural times here, the tax collectors, they would take the money, but for them to get paid, they would put some on top of it. they put some on it. Like, I'm going to add a little bit. So if the taxes were 3%, they would add 5%, and they would shave 2% and put it in their pocket, trying to get a little extra. Like, they were trying to get theirs too. So in verse 2, this says, hey, there was this bad guy named Zacchaeus, you and I. And he tried to, he tried to, get, to, he tried to get a look at Jesus. He was trying to see Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. I want to encourage you today. There are people that are looking for Jesus just like Zacchaeus is, but they need some help. They need a tree to stand on. They need someone to come along and say, I want to connect you to my friend. His name is Jesus. I said this to you guys a few weeks ago last week. People are not looking for church, but they are looking for Jesus. People are not looking for church, but they are looking for Jesus, and Jesus is at the table. You got to bring them up in here. You got to bring them up in here. Up in here, up in here. Verse 4 says this. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree beside the road, for he was going to pass that way. He's like, I got to see Jesus. They're going to pass by the, there are people every single day, they're going to pass by the table. Like this guy knew that Jesus, Jesus was going to pass by. I got to go and I got to see where he's at. I got to see where he's at. Verse 5 says, but when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus boy, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I'm going to your house. There's nothing, that is the worst phone call you could ever get as a human being when your house is not clean. Is it okay if I drop by? If you have to ask someone if it's okay you drop by, the answer is no. But they have an obligatory answer and it's yes. Yeah, come on by. Come on, come on by. We want, you to, we want you to come on over. Just a side note there. You want to invite more people into your house. People should have to invite you over to your house. Matt and Will, you haven't had me over in a while. <laughs> you should, you, or just be like me, just subliminally invite yourself. You know what I'm saying? 
You don't have, you should, people should have to invite themselves to your house. That, that's, a, that's a message on community. But hey, church, we got to invite more people into our house. You guys got those beautiful, nice homes and no one's going to them. That doesn't make no sense, does it? Why would you have a, why would God give you a beautiful, nice home just for you to look at and your kids to destroy? God made you, God gave you the house so you could invite more people into your house. Like that's, that just came out of nowhere. You got a house, you got to invite more people over to it. Zacchaeus had invited, Zacchaeus, Jesus said, hey, I'm coming to your house. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house, Zacchaeus. You better get down. I'm, I'm going to be a guest in your home today. Now, Zacchaeus, there was no stranger to Zacchaeus. Z Zacchaeus, it was a house where a lot of people went to it. You know what's funny, by the way? This is why I'm on this, why I'm on this soapbox, on this chair. <clears throat> Zacchaeus had a lot of money. He had a beautiful, nice house. I, I think this. I don't think the lost people should party better than the believers. I don't think lost people should party better than the believers. I just don't think that. I think we ought to throw the best parties. We ought to invite the most, we ought to, we ought to have the most amount of people in our house. We, we, we ought to. If, if joy's in your home, why wouldn't you want more people to come get some joy? If, God, if you got the stuff on your, on your house and said, God bless this home, if you mean that, if God really does... If, he, if, if, if that's true, why, don't, why wouldn't we have more people in our house? I don't, I don't know why. And if your house ain't together, invite them over to your backyard. Put some, put some burgers on that grill. Like, just do the best you can. Hot dogs and macaroni and cheese is good sometimes. <clears throat> I'm getting hungry already. I know I can't go to brunch because I got to be here for two more hours. <laughs> Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. So much stuff in this passage of scripture, but the people were displeased. People were mad. They were mad, Chase. People were mad. If you start following Jesus, people, people won't like you, by the way. If everyone likes you, you might not be following Jesus. <laughs> or you're an employer. One of the two. I mean, you just, one of those, I want to make sure I got you guys in there, those of you guys that run businesses. Hey, every, if you're following Jesus, everyone's not going to like you. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. He's, he's going to go hang out with the sinners. Hey, church, if we're going to get more people into chair one, we might have to know some lost people. Chair three people know this. Chair three people, they can go to a party and they can keep their testimony. They can go to a party and people can still see there's a difference in that guy. There's something different in him. And that guy, he... That guy there, he can go to a tailgate party and he doesn't lose his cool. I mean, this, this guy, he keeps Christ first. This guy right here, he can hang out with the boys and still be God-honoring. I, God I had a guy sent me this post the other day of this chick. And I said, bro, you're, you're sending this message to the wrong guy. Show it to my wife. I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't know who you meant to send this. You didn't mean to send this to me. And he was like, oh yeah, my bad. Yeah, you're right, it's your bad. I, don't, I'm, I got eyes for Diana. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to lust, I want to be after my wife. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need this. He look, I mean, I, can, I wish I could have saw his face whenever he, whenever, he got that, whenever he got that message. He was like, dang. And I see this guy, every, every, I see this guy all the time. I'm sure he's like, oh, crickets, you know. Wrong dude. I, gotta, I, just, I was preaching about you for a moment, Diane. I'm sorry. Get my head on straight. Verse, uh, verse 7, people were mad. Verse 8, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, this, this is where things just go haywire. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, and this is where the Bible's a little bit 
I don't think the Bible is inerrant, but there's some words that they just could have, should have shifted. He used the word if there. This dude, not if. Dude, you did. You cheated some people. Not if. You know, like when you tell people, like, Diana's like, hey, what, what do you, did you say this? Well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No, no, you did. If you guys say, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, no, you did. He says, hey, if, if, I, if I cheat some people, no, you did cheat some people. On their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Now, wouldn't that be awesome? Taxes are coming up. All the business owners are like, <laughs> like, wouldn't that be awesome if, if, if Uncle Sam texts you and says, hey, bro, I've been charging you way too much. I'm going to give you some back. Like, no one's be like, you know what, Uncle Sam, you've already taken it. Just go ahead and keep it. I'd be like, yeah, dude, get it back to me. Give it back to me as fast as you took it from me. You know what I'm saying? He says, yeah, I'm going to give back four times as much. Verse 9, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. Something happened there, right? How do you, why, you got to ask this, this, when you execute scripture, you got you to, to ask a question like this. Why in the world would he want to give the money back? Why in the world, why would he do that? Like you have to ask that question. That's how you execute scripture. You just have to ask a bunch of questions when you read it. So he says here, salvation, Jesus says, Jesus responds, salvation has come to this home today for this man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19, verse 10 is a very good passage of scripture for you guys all to memorize. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That's what Jesus came for. Now Jesus takes that, that commission or takes that mission and he gives it to you. He, he goes up with you and gives us the co-mission. He says, here's the great commission. I want you to go and I want you to connect people to me. So I want to preach this to you today because a lot of things happen, at, a lot of things happen in Zacchaeus' house today that I think we all, we all ought to write down, that we all ought to, we all ought to, ought to memorize today. Here's the first thing that we need to know. Jesus knows everyone's name at the table. Jesus knows every single person's name at the table. Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm, come down because I'm going to your house today. You, you get down here because I want you to know, I know who you are, Zacchaeus. And here's the thing, the people that are in chair one, they don't know that Jesus knows their name. That's why you come into play. So you can say to people, hey man, I know you're lost and I know you are broken, but you can come out of the grave. The song that we sang about for a few moments ago, like you can, out of the darkness, you can come into life. You can go from death to life. You gotta let people know, hey, Jesus knows your name. But here's the deal. You gotta get close to those people. You gotta get close to them and that you can only get close to people at a table in here today. Jesus knows everyone's name at the table. Zacchaeus, I want you to know, I'm coming to your house today. Now that was important that he had to get home and get cleaned up, but it was more important to me today to know that Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows your name. Listen, friends, we've gotta take our personal relationship, Jesus Christ, we gotta take it more personal. We gotta take it more personal. Jesus knows my name. That ought to puff your chest up spiritually. Jesus knows my name, bro. When I go places and when I, when I go places, I heard, a, I heard a pastor say recently, he's like, man, I prayed that people would know my name when I went places. He says, now I'm tired of going places and people know my name. He said, I had to ask God for forgiveness. And when I go places, I want people to know my name because I want to tell them about a different name that's more important than my name. I was sitting with one of our coaches at, at the gym the other day. And I said, I said this sweet girl, I said, listen, you're not put on this planet to coach. That is, that is, a, that is, that's the gateway. That's the platform that God's given you. If you're a CEO, God did not put you on this earth just to be a CEO. God put you on this earth and he gave you, let you be CEO. That you're, that's just your platform. That's your platform to call people into your office and say, hey, 
are things going okay? I see you seem a little bit disconnected. Are you doing okay? Are you, are you fine? What's wrong? How, how's your family? How's your marriage? That's why God puts you on, that's why God puts you at the table. By his grace, you got to see it. You got to be in seat two. He's putting you there so you can tell people, hey man, man, I, Jesus knows your name. Hey, friends in here today, Jesus knows your name. We shouldn't be depressed and discouraged and frustrated as much as we are. It's okay to have seasons of those things. It's okay to have seasons of frustration, seasons of doubt, seasons of worry, fear, anxiety. It's okay to have seasons of that, but we can't live in a constant season of that. He didn't design that for us. He didn't design you. He didn't design you. The Bible says that God doesn't, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of a sound mind. That's what God did for you. There's seasons, but we can't stay in those seasons, friends. Jesus knows your name. Oh, man, if that doesn't build you up, I can't build you up. You know what's funny? I was telling a group of friends here today that most of our problems are internal. Josh and I were at a conference this week in Diana, and the pastor said, you've got to win your battles in the spiritual. And that rock no, we got to win our battles in the spiritual. If I'm not being a good husband, that's a spiritual battle. That isn't a, that's not a flesh thing. If I'm not being a good dad, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a physical thing. That's not, a, that's a spiritual problem I got. Steve said to me today when I walked this, he goes, man, your messages have gotten so much better. I said, shut up, Steve. <laughs> it's a backhanded compliment. It's, it's a nice to hear that, but it's like, man, you've been here for three years, bro. <laughs> I applaud you for staying in that long. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. When people say, you've gotten so much better. I'm like, it must've been really bad for you. Dinah said to me the other day, nicely, this wasn't a dig. She said to me, do you ever ask like your pastor or leader friends if they, um, to critique your sermons? I'm like, no, that's why I married you. You know what I'm saying? She goes, I think, yeah, I think that would be helpful to you. <clears throat> we got to get more people to the table and let them know, hey man, Jesus knows your name. He knows your name. He knows your name. Lee cares about people. And he cares about people. Saw, saw a friend of ours a year ago and said, you gotta, you gotta come to the table. Text Diana, hey, there's this girl named Leah. She, she needs to come to the table. Didn't even really know her, you gotta come to the table. And Leah's here today in the fourth row. She's been here for a year. And God's done so much, God's done so much great things in her life. But she would have, God would have never, if you don't care about people and try to get their name, like you don't know their name, you're not gonna tell them that Jesus knows their name. Does that make sense? Like if you don't know your neighbor's name, then how are you gonna tell them that Jesus knows their name? We gotta quit driving our driveway so fast, pull up the thing and slide in real quick and hit the, hit the thing down. Oh man, almost had to talk to somebody. <laughs> that would've been a drag. Could you imagine if Jesus lived, Jesus lived, he lives. Could you imagine if Jesus lived in your neighborhood and he just pulled into his driveway and just shut his driveway every single day? Oh man, I dodged a bullet. Dodged a bullet. Jesus wants you to know once you know his name, it's your job to let other people know his name. I want to introduce you to my friend named Jesus. Here's a second thing that I saw at this passage of scripture. Your life will change at the table. This is a very comfortable seat, by the way. Your life will change at the table. This guy goes, I'm going to give back everything I've taken times four. Not if, what I, not maybe what I've taken. Whatever I took, I'm going to give it back four times. That lets us know he had a lot of stuff. You and I are Zacchaeus today. Did you know that you have a lot of stuff? 
Did you know that you have a lot of stuff in your day? You have a lot of stuff. You have a house. If you have cars that can break down, you know what I'm saying? You've got a lot of stuff. My Honda, everything's not always great for me, by the way. I'm driving yesterday. I'm driving last week, get to the barbershop, get out, cut my hair. I, I go to get in my car. My car won't start. Nobody wants to put a $500 alternator in their car. Nobody wants to do that, but that happens to me. Like you must have, you're a pastor. Things must be great for you. My son fell at, at, at Twisty Treat the other day and got up screaming, crying, and waited till he got in my arms to pass out. I picked that little joker. He went lifeless. And I'm like, dear Jesus. Daddy goes, I'm scared. I'm like, duh, I'm not. I was freaking out. That joker just passed out. Hope caught him. Me and Hope, it was, we had tandem that joker. Gone. Just, I'm like, oh, crap. good thing I'm, I'm, CPI, I'm CPR certified in case any of you guys are wondering. I picked him up. I'm like, Judah, Judah, he's just laying there lifeless. He was out for probably about 15 seconds. He came back stronger than ever, don't get me wrong. That dude, I don't, he may be a little bit off, but I can't tell because he's a little bit off before. So I'm not exactly sure, but you're, hey, here's what I know. Your life will change at the table. He said, dang it. I got to give away all, I got to give back all this stuff. Hey church, every year we end with our heart for the house offering. Every year we've done that since we started the church. And it's our opportunity to give back the part of the, all that God's given us. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Our heart for the house, it's going to go for two things. It's going to go, it's going to, the, the biggest thing, it's going to go for expanding the kingdom of God. That's what it's going to go for. Every year, churches across America, they do a heart for the house offering and their goal is to pay off their debt. That we got to pay off this building. Let's take, let's, every year we take a heart for, a heart for the house offering. We take a heart for the house offering because we want to get more people to the table. I love that. We talk about expansion a lot, Diane and I, we talked with, 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 our, with our trustees and our men and our overseers, and like, what's next, what's next, what's next? We believe that God has more for us. So every year we take this expansion offering and it's used for us to, to, to reach more people. We're gonna build a church in Cuba this year. It's gonna be so awesome. I was talking to our guys about this week. That's gonna be awesome. To know that while we're here serving Jesus, we're gonna have a church building. We don't even got our own church building, but we got a church building in Cuba. We're gonna adopt a new song that's gonna be like this. Havana, na, na, na. We're gonna be singing that. We're gonna know that there's gonna be people in Cuba that are gonna be meeting Jesus. But while we're here meeting Jesus, I'm still thinking for that. So I wanna ask, here's what I wanna ask you to do. You might say, man, Wes, this is gonna be, you're gonna ask us to do a lot. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. I'm gonna ask you to ask God what you can do. Because we all can do something. If we all prayed, God, I want to be part of this expansion offering, we know this, that we all can do something. Dinah's dad used to always say this. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. If you gave nothing last year, whatever you give this year is going to be more than you did last year. If you gave last year, then you know you can give at least what you gave last year. That makes me a little bit sick, but we're going to be okay. We're going to make it. I want us to expand the kingdom of God. I want us to buy another leaf to add to the table so more people can meet Jesus. And, and here's the thing. Some of you guys here today, you're going to whip out your calendar real quick because you're a numbers person. You're going to let me check my budget and let me see what I can give. Do not check your budget. Do not check your budget. If I check my budget, I'd give about $50 if I checked my budget. I prayed about it. God, what do you want me to, what do you want us to give? We double what we gave last year. And then like three weeks, we, we gave X amount to last year and then we doubled it this year. 
And then after we doubled it, somebody gave us a gift and we doubled it again. That's why we didn't pray about it. Because we would have given what only we could give. I don't want to give what only we give. I want to give what God tells us to give. I want you to give what God's called you to give. This guy says, man, transformation happened. You can't give unless your life has changed. Because if your life's not changed, you're trying to figure out how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to partner? How am I going to be a partner? How am I going to partner? Well, Jesus partnered with you, with his son. You can partner with him with the rest of your life. Your kids, your resources, whatever you have, you can do that. Here's the, um, so yeah, so you're, you're, Jesus knows your name at the table. Jesus knows everyone's name. Your life will change at the table. Here's the, here's the third. And here is the, what I want to leave you with today. Love is the language spoken at the table. Love is the language spoken at the table. That's the language we speak at the table. Hey, man, Jesus loves you. Man, Jesus loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins, John 3, 16. And he loves you so much that he's your cornerstone. You don't have to be strong on your own. Jesus, Jesus loves you so much. Dude, you're a child of God. I was with Diana the other day, and she said to me, I need to, be, I need to get that person and let them know that they're a child of God. But like, you tell them, girl. Because that's what love does. That's what love does. You notice in this passage of scripture, Jesus doesn't say, hey, you're gonna die and go to hell if you don't change your life. He doesn't say that. He says, Zacchaeus, I love you. I'm going to your house today. Jesus doesn't preach that much in this passage of scripture. I don't know if you noticed that before. I don't know if you noticed, if you noticed that. He's not preaching this passage of scripture. He's loving. Side note, write this down, see on the screen. People don't need to hear more sermons. They need more people who hear the sermons to love them. That's what they need. People need more love, not more messages. Like, Wes, that sounds watered down. No, that's, that's the Bible. That's Jesus. Jesus loved well. I want to love better. Did you know this? I heard this just yesterday. You can only love people at the capacity in which you love yourself. You can only love people in which the capacity at which you love yourself. And you might say, well, Wes, that sounds like self-help. That sounds like prosperity. Whatever you want that to sound like. Here's what I know. Greater love hath no man than a man who laid down his life for his friends. And that's Jesus. And the Bible says that he's given us that love. He's given it to you and I. And because he's given it to you and I, the Bible also says this. The only way for the world to know if Annie's a Christian. Like, how are you going to call her out like that? Absolutely. The only way to know if Annie's a Christian, if Gracie's a Christian, if Dukes is a Christian, if my sister's a Christian, is if they went to church. No, that's not what it says. Whew, this guy, heresy, I'm out of here. When I teach next steps, I say, hey, if, I'm, if, if it sounds like heresy, then you can leave. If it's not, then you gotta stay forever. The only way to know if you're a Christian is by the way that you love. By the way you love. That's what the Bible says. Now, that's tricky too. Because I'll be honest with you guys, and here's, where, here's, the, here's the application, or here's the, here's the grind, here's the truth part of the sermon, or here's the part of the sermon where it's discipleship, not, not just evangelistic. Here's the, here's the part of the grind. So there are some people who don't know Jesus, and they love people better than people who do know Jesus. And that's sad. That's sad. It frustrates me. I had a friend come to me the other day and he goes, you like Ellen? I said, I love her. I said, why? I said, she's one of the most generous people that I know. Like she, she's generous and she's kind and he's, she's for people. 
It sounds a lot like the church, doesn't it? I'm not here to tell you today, oh, you just said, you said Ellen's a Christian. I'm not, I don't know if she's, I've never met her before. I'm just telling you, she is generous and she loves people. That's what the church should look like. The church should be generous. The church should love people because love is the language at the table. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.